We made it all the way through 256 games in the can. We thought it might never happen, but we've got through the ball. We now know the 14 teams that are left in the running and riding for the Super Bowl. Let's get into it. Week 17 review coming up right now. Hey, we're rolling. We're rolling. We got all game. Stay tuned, man. We got something special for y'all today. Yes, here we are indeed, ladies and gents. Like I said, we made it all the way through 256 regular season games. We've had a few hiccups along the way, but we have got there nevertheless. Let's welcome the boys into the huddle. For those of you watching along, you will see a new man in the huddle. We'll get to him shortly, um, but let's welcome in the regular cast and crew. Timothy, how are we this evening, my friend? Yeah, very well. Looking forward. I, I've quite enjoyed, um, the, the, especially the late slate games, um, you know, the nine o'clock window, as it were. Um, I'm looking forward to, to breaking it all down. Quite a lot of decent action. There was indeed, mate. It was a good weekend of action. I think a few games surprised people, a few teams with not a lot to play for and some high-scoring affairs. So, yeah, we'll break it all down shortly. In the company, as usual, of course, with Mr Retro himself. Lawrence, how are you, buddy? Oh, I just wanted to report I'm very, very glad that Doug Peterson got that um, brown paper bag that I put in the post sometime in November. So thanks, thanks, Doug, for opening my um, Christmas parcel a bit late. Very kind of you, my friend, very kind of you. And the eagle-eyed amongst you would have noticed we're joined by a resident writer and Eagles fan. I mean, let's face it, after what happened last night, we just had to get an Eagles fan on to explain the situation, didn't we? But making his podcast debut, Steve, welcome in, mate. How are you doing, buddy? Thank you very much. Yeah, doing well, thanks, mate. Doing well, thanks, chaps. Good to be on. I was going to make my debut a few weeks ago when Carson Wentz got dropped. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd leave it. I thought I'd leave it till apparently the Eagles did something even more newsworthy. So, yeah, come on and give some context from an Eagles point of view to apparently the most dramatic thing that's happened this season. But here we go. Oh, there we go, mate. We will get on to it straight away. Just before we do, though, big shout out to regular man in the huddle, Kieran, not feeling too well over in the States. Get well soon, buddy. Hopefully we'll get you back next week to review Super Wildcard Weekend. But of course, ahead of Wildcard Weekend, we had to find out who was going to be in the field. And let's start then, fellas, with the final game of the regular season. The Sunday Night Football Affair, we know that obviously the Giants and the Cowboys played out the game earlier on in the afternoon, um, which the Giants ended up winning. Andy Dalton found his playoff form, didn't he, Tim? Put an absolute stinker out for the uh, the Cowboys as the Giants took care of business. So all that the Giants needed was a Philadelphia win. And Steve, talk us through it, because obviously Washington get the win, but uh, it was slightly more controversial for, for certain reasons. Yeah, depending on what side of the fence you fall on, controversial is probably the right word for it. Um I, I think the first thing I'd say is that if this isn't Sunday Night Football, nobody cares. Nobody cares about this result if it isn't Sunday Night Football. It's because it is a national audience and because it is played at what is the, the primetime slot over in the States. That's why everyone gets to see this. And obviously, the, the albeit bad press that the NFC East has, has uh, got this year with, a, with a, no team getting above 500, um, everyone wants to see how the NFC East plays out. Um, and so... We go into Sunday Night Football with Washington having a simple win-and-in scenario and Philadelphia with nothing left to play for, um, 
with quarterback controversies, with questions all over the roster, with questions in the uh, front office, with questions at head coach. And what played out was, in my opinion, nothing that surprised me. I expected this. Um, I don't know how most people didn't expect this. Um, you know, when you look back over some of the things that happened during the week, Doug Peterson said last week that he was going to give Nate Futzerfeld snaps. He said it. And then when everyone, when he did it, everyone was shocked. Um, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't exactly having the game of his life. He was, when he was hooked, he was seven for 20, 72 yards, zero touchdowns and an interception. So he was hardly setting the world on fire, was he? So, um, and then if you look at the injury report on Friday, you know, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Dallas Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Jordan Malata, Richard Rogers, Miles Sanders, Quez Watkins, all out, all out of the game. Like this was coming. This was coming since Thursday. How are people shocked when it got to Sunday night and this happened? I personally, it's not nice. It's not nice to have the whole national audience, uh, you know, saying that you've upset the NFL and you've upset the game and you should go out and win and you should win every single game. And even Jason Kelsey, has been quoted saying that every single game in the NFL should be about winning. I get that. I understand it. But it's a dead rubber. The Eagles had nothing left to play for apart from a better draft pick. And who knows? That number six might be Jamar Chase. Or, and who knows what that number nine would be. If it's if it's Howie Roseman picking, you know, God knows who we're going to get. But yeah, I'm I'm not as outraged as most people is. I, I'm sure that uh, Lawrence, I'd be interested to get Washington fans' opinion on it and how it played out. You know, you must be you must be thrilled because the end of the the Washington are in the playoffs. To me, it was it was just a bit of a, a dirty victory, really. Yeah. Um, what what upsetted me the most is as as you just said, the list of people that weren't playing. Fletcher Cox out. When I saw Fletcher Cox was out, that was my biggest kind of cheer went up. It wasn't the fact that Alex Smith was playing, that Antonio Gibson as kind of coming back from his turf toe injury, Terry McLaurin was coming back. It was the fact that Fletcher Cox wasn't playing that to me, I thought, okay, well, you know, Alex Smith's going to have a bit of time in the pocket. And no, he didn't have any time in the pocket. I mean, coming back from his kind of you know another leg injury not obviously not the severe one that he's come back for that he's going to win comeback player of the year for but coming back from that kind of earlier injury from a from a couple of weeks ago he had absolutely no mobility at all and and with with a bunch of no names and no disrespects the the eagles pass rush kept getting to alex smith i mean who who are the people that got sacks they're just people i'm not very familiar with is it was it alex singleton uh, yeah alex singleton a linebacker got one um uh, everyone but uh, brandon graham who needed two more to get to 10 um but yeah, yeah you're right the the pass rush didn't seem to be um have any suffer from from the lack of fletcher cox and and what fletcher cox adds is a is a run defense and him in stops the run that's what he does it's what he's the best at and and yeah, even then, you didn't seem didn't even seem to benefit from that either. I, I, I mean, is there many injuries on the O line? I, I just I couldn't believe no, how many times he gave the ball away. I I think the 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 difficulty is, um, you know, we we don't play with any kind of fullback, so there's no there's no blocking back um, yeah. in Washington. There hasn't been one for quite a while. Um, Antonio Gibson is not wasn't back at a hundred percent or anywhere near a hundred percent. And Alex Smith, with absolutely zero mobility, had to yeah. rely on short passes. I mean, you look at Terry McLaurin's average; it was it was something ridiculous, like seven yards a catch or something, and it, it was yeah. very poor. Um, and you know, they, 
the the only kind of that the only decent performance was right at the end of the second half when they managed that touchdown drive to take the lead and then get that momentum right at the end of the second half and that was the most important drive of the entire game yeah. to get the lead and one that they somehow didn't you know didn't manage to relinquish once they got that lead um i was nervous I, i've yeah. seen the eagles do bad things to washington teams over the past decade over the past couple of decades and i was very 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 nervous um and then suddenly when nate sudfall came out and ironically yeah it was the redskins that you know back when they were the redskins that actually drafted nate sudfeld yeah so kind of i've seen a little bit of him and i know he's a he's a big human being he's a big unit but he's not he's not a mobile unit no <laughs> he's, he's a he's the polar opposite to jalen hurt and i was like oh my god what, what what's going on here um we're gonna stand a chance now and yeah they generated you know, no offense, and even right at the end, it was just embarrassing. Just yeah. doing a little, little dump off pass at the end. I mean, for goodness' sake, just launch one. Yeah. Only six points down. Launch one fifty yards in the air. At least go for it. I, I have no idea, Lawrence, why you, why you were worried at, at all. Because, like I say, as soon as that injury report came out on Friday, I, I even on the betting podcast, I said Washington minus minus three is the biggest lock of the year. Like Philadelphia have absolutely no interest in winning in winning that game. Like I'm, I know, I know we said before we came on the podcast that we don't often swear, but that's it's just top shit from the Eagles. Like literally have no point, no no, no interest in winning in winning that game. It's, it's like um, yeah, they're only going to get a better pick. Like say, no matter who they pick at six wide receiver wise, they're going to pick the wrong one anyway. If uh, if history's to repeat itself, but we, that's, that's for the offseason. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I literally have. As, as any as a uh, a Cowboys fan, we get to the Cowboys Giants game in in a minute. Like I'm glad I'm glad we lost, and like I I can't advocate, I can't say for one second that um, Eagles are a uh, poor form and or bad sportsmanship and all that because I said three four weeks ago that any teams in the NFC East should not be winning any games because there's a difference of about 15 draft picks in the in each round of the NFL draft, and yes, you still got to select the right players. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't understand why Giants for Giants fans should have got should have got on their high horse early in the week when Doug Pedersen come out and said Sudfield's getting snaps because you know exactly from that moment ex- what the the result of that game is. But yeah, yeah. It's I, think, apply, aren't I think that uh, Doug Pedersen almost shot himself in the foot when it got mm-hmm. out got out earlier in the week that um, it was going to be um, Jim Schwartz his last game as defensive coordinator because the defense played out of their skin for Jim Schwartz that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the best I've seen some of the Eagles defense play in a while and and considering some of the you know the the um, practice squad guys they had out there like apart from Darius Slade the, the cornerbacks there I, I I couldn't tell you the name of some of the guys who played a cornerback but they were playing for him you know you could tell it was their last game so yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, so, I'm not shocked at all. You know, all these people like watching some of the Giants Twitter last night, man. Like, that's probably the most fight I've seen from the Giants offense all season on yeah. Twitter. Like, you know, like what, what, what? They were all like shocked, and it was like, what are you surprised? Like, surely win more than six games, and then you might go to the playoffs. Yeah. Like, no one can be, no one can be mad. And actually, to be honest, for NFC rivals of Washington, it's probably not the worst that Washington made the playoffs because of the three teams, they're probably the one that need the quarterback the most. Absolutely. So if uh, them getting a higher pick probably would have been best to put them in the position to get a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, 
it's kind of strange <laughs> winning winning a division and kind of going. Yeah, you know, ugly. it's all, it's all but, finished now. We don't have to argue about it anymore. It's uh, but, you know, next season we can all argue again. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make one final point, and it's not Washington related. The last two teams to have made the playoffs with seven wins both won their first round playoff matches. Yep. The Panthers and the yep. Seahawks. From the very Panthers. Yeah, guess who managed the Panthers? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Mm. The ledge, yeah. Mr. Rivera. Yeah. So, you know, that it, it's, you know, they just don't underestimate anybody. And as, as we've said all season long, any given Sunday, but I, th- <laughs> I think it's going to be, it's going to be the toughest task. You know, Tom Brady um, and Chase Young, you know, it's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be a fun um, build-up for the week. I'm really intrigued to see that pass rush against Brady, though, because you can get to Brady. You can absolutely get to him. And if they can cause a, a, a fuss, and Alex Play actually turns up to play this week, Alex Smith, sorry, turns up to play this week, you never know. You never know. You never know, fellas. But don't spoil Thursdays, folks. We'll be back on air Thursday looking at all their playoff games. Our job is to look at what's just gone on the weekend. And we'll gloss over it slightly because, as you say, in the end, it, it, it turned out to be a dead rubber. Obviously, the two teams didn't know that when they lined up. Um, the Giants do get a win over the the Cowboys. Sloppy from Dallas, Tim, I think is probably the easiest way to describe it in this one. Uh, dog crap's another one. Um, and playoff Andy Dalton came a week early. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, awful. Absolutely awful. I mean, that, that final drive, just on Dallas's, Dallas's final drive, it was such a good drive. It was just going to always end, end how it did. It was just too perfect to drive to go down and go down and win it. It was quite Indeed. weird to catch 22 because you, yeah, you do want to have a chance at the playoffs, even though I know, but yeah, obviously what I just said, there's literally no chance to be in the playoffs. But. Yeah. And even then, the Jones nearly fumbled it away with Wayne Gorman. Yeah. That would have just summed up the NFC East in one play just to finish the game, wouldn't it? You know, run the clock out, got past the yardage marker, and st- fumbles the ball with absolutely nobody around him. Just, just a bizarre play. But like you say, the Jones. I mean, to be fair, the Jones started one and seven, finished with a five and three, running the back half of the season. Um, so some positives for them to take forward. But obviously, the Washington football team. Uh, the Washington football team have never, ever missed the playoffs in their existence. How about that? 100% record. <laughs> never, <laughs> ever missed the playoffs. So there you go. There you go. So let's move on, fellas. Let's move on to the NFC West, which threatened throughout the season to be one of the most exciting divisions in football. I've got to be honest, I think it's really petered out over the last month. And some of these teams have been really, really disappointing. No more so. It's got to be said than the Arizona Cardinals, who, for all of their star power and for all of the early season hype around Kyler Murray, and even talk about him potentially being sort of considered as a bit of an outsider in the MVP race. Um, obviously, you know things happened in this game, which meant we didn't see an awful lot of Kyler Murray. But let's be honest, fellas, this was a a real, real tough watch, wasn't it, Lawrence? Yeah, I mean. It- as you say, the, the, there's there's a kind of gloss that's been taken off the NFC West, and it appears a little bit forgotten, really, after the um, you know what the Packers and the Saints have done in in recent weeks. Um, and they're they're you know they're they're sitting there in the in the number three seed. Um, they're hosting a game, but it's you know it, it's it's a bit of a weird a weird division. I mean, to be honest, when Sky decided to kind of drag us through the worst I think it was actually the worst 6pm game or sorry the worst 9pm game of the the season Um, 
two quarterbacks that nobody had an absolute clue about prior to this, <laughs> this week. And they slugged it out in an absolutely dire game where, as you say, an early ankle injury to Kyler Murray killed it as any sort of spectacle. Um, the Rams gave John Wolford his first start at quarterback. This is, this is a guy who was a free agent pickup by the Jets in 2018, who was under 50% in, in completion rate in his preseason performance for the Jets. He then got drafted again in 2019 by the Arizona Hotshots of the <laughs> AAF, and he won a couple of Offensive Player of the Week performances for that team that went 5-3 and three before the league collapsed. Um, and then the Rams signed him, released him, and then put him on their practice squad. So he's been sitting on the practice squad for about a year. Um, and I've got, um, in, in Stats Life, I've got some some fun things about John Wolford coming up. So I'll save those for later. Um, and then for the Cardinals, they ended up throwing in Chris Stiefler. Is that how you pronounce it? Stiefler? Um, no one had any clue who he was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this is where it gets even even more bizarre. Um, Steve will have played in college for South Dakota. He was undrafted in 2018 and was signed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as a free agent in the CFL. Um, he started games last season in the CFL as an injury replacement. And he even had a cameo in Winnipeg's Grey Cup win in, in 2019. And he tossed a second quarter touchdown and, and actually finished with a stat line of three for three in the game. But he wasn't—he wasn't the starter. Um, poor old Stevler in his in his full NFL kind of debut. He did have a couple of snaps earlier on in the season. Um, he did have a three-yard run before before this, so it wasn't his first NFL outing. He ended up eleven of sixteen, hundred and five yards, one touchdown, very very early on, um, one interception, three runs for twelve yards. But the Rams absolutely did what they've been doing all season. And for the seventh time this year, they held an opponent to under 20 points. So we've just got to give a lot of respect to that Rams defence. Whilst the, the offence has been, has been spluttering, to say the least, that defence has been playing solid week-in, week-out football with some occasional um, strange performances as in the Jets, but in the, in the main, they've, they've been doing a stellar job. Um, as I said, Steve had managed an early touchdown, um, but that was it. The Rams went and scored 18 unanswered with their defense ending up scoring eight points and their kicker, Matt Gay scoring 10. So in terms of offensive skill positions, they managed zero points, no points from wide receivers, tight ends, running backs or quarterbacks. Um, the highlight of the game was a, a Troy Hill, 84-yard interception return at the end of the second quarter, which essentially wrapped the game up. Um, don't really want to talk more about it because it was it was a horrendous watch. Um, you've, done, you've done well to get a good five minutes out of that. To be yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only because it's fun looking up where, where the hell these two quarterbacks have come from. Um, it's fascinating looking into the backstories of these these kind of rather random, random passes. So... Um, that the, the Rams defense wrapped up the game and talking about kind of wrapping up games, um, the Seahawks. And I think, you know, we, we, we haven't really talked a lot about the Seahawks in the last month. Um, and perhaps they're the, they're the, the quietest team to be on a four game win streak at the moment. I don't know if anyone realizes that. And I, I, it kind of took me back a little bit because I thought 
since they lost that game to the Giants and they were eight and four, you were kind of starting to worry that, you know, we, we were talking about in, in October, November that, you know, letting Russ cook and potential MVP award and all of this. And then that went, the gloss completely came off of that um, as a, as a kind of philosophy. And, and then that loss to the Giants to put them at eight and four, you're thinking, oh, the Seahawks, are, are they actually going to collapse? Um, but they managed to pull four, four wins off in a row, seal the NFC West and, and, you know, end with a respectable 12 and four record. And any anybody who gets 12 wins in, in what has been the strangest season ever, you know, you, you've got to give them some respect. Um, you know, they it's a game that they didn't actually need to win, but they, they did come back from a 10-point fourth quarter deficit to score three touchdowns in just over nine minutes to get a big enough lead to win. Um, first three quarters were a, a festival of field goals. Um, Tristan Vizcano, uh, Vizcano the volcano is, is that a new cool. name? Cool for volcanoes. Um, <laughs> he, he had three field goals. Um, Vizcano, he he bounced around because I'd not heard of him before either. He bounced around the Bengals and the Cowboys practice squads over the past season or so. Um, and just one little side note on on Vizcano, he wore number seven. Now, who was the last 49er to wear number seven? Cap. Exactly, Mr. Colin Kaepernick. So it's a strange number to inherit in on your debut, the 49ers number seven. Just thought that was a bit of weird, bit of weirdness with the numbers there. Um Big Russ, who um Tossed two touchdowns to Tyler Lockett in the fourth quarter to kind of get the lead. Ended up the season with 4,212 yards and 40 touchdowns, which is tied second for the for the league. Um, he also had 13 picks, which is probably the most he's had for a little while. Um, and he also broke 500 on the ground. So good to see him um, using some of his wheels. And as a result of the Cardinals' loss, the Seahawks now host the Rams for a second time um, and the winner going into the final eight. Both teams have won at home against each other in really kind of low-scoring affairs. And the bad news for Big Russ is that in those two games against the Rams, he's actually been sacked 11 times. The Rams have got to him 11 times in two games. So we'll, we'll save the bigger preview, but I just thought that was an interesting sub-note in terms of the, the dominance of the Rams' defence. Yeah, if the Rams are going to do anything in the postseason, it's obviously going to be the defence that's going to follow them. That offence has uh, gone and once well, hidden up its own backside, hasn't it? Let's be honest, the last month. Uh, so they certainly need to, to find themselves. Uh, no such trouble for the offence of the Green Bay Packers team. Um, Aaron Rodgers looked completely dialed in in this one. Kieran says that we're going to get a week that he doesn't seem to care. We haven't found it yet. <laughs> we're now into the playoffs. Obviously, the NFC will go through Lambeau. And obviously, in the dead rubber, um, wasn't a dead rubber for Justin Jefferson. I'm sure you're going to touch on him. Uh, Lions and Vikings uh, sharing a shootout. Yeah, Green Bay. It's a, a, the Chicago Bears kept it 
kept it close for the first half, I suppose, but Green Bay always felt in control of, of this one. Uh, big, big turning point in this one was the Cole Komet turnover uh, in the middle of the second quarter, which turned into a, a, a Daphne touchdown. I'll spare you all the Scooby-Doo references, uh, Lawrence. Chucky <laughs> 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 and Shaggy and all the rest of it. Anyway, um, but yeah, Adrian Amos, yeah, latest interception sealed the deal. Uh, cherry on top for the Packers, of course, another, yet another Devontae Adams touchdown. Uh, it was at 18 touchdowns on the season for him. Obviously missed two games as well this season, so he'll be um, slightly annoyed that he wasn't able to um, surpass his, uh, what was it? No, it was 12 yards, 12 yards, 12 receiving yards off of his most in the season. So he'd probably be a bit annoyed that he didn't surpass that. But yeah, missing two games, obviously he would have done that if he was able to go in either of those. Yeah, but 18 uh, touchdowns on the season, not able to join the 20 TD club. Um, now been selected to his fourth straight Pro Bowl. Uh, well, what it's just a joy to watch. It, when you watch wide receivers, I know you've got your Julios, and I know you've got, you know, everyone's got their guys. But watching Devontae Adams just run routes and, and get open is just, it's just beautiful. Um, especially when Aaron Rodgers is throwing in the ball as well. Uh, fellow Pro Bowler Aaron Jones, he's running back team buddy. Um, he's obviously been selected to his first Pro Bowl as well. Has his most, most rushing yards on the year. Um, 42 uh, in this game so he didn't actually get too much going but you know he was able to surpass his previous career uh, season best but he's a, a free agent by all accounts BABF Green Bay uh, like I say they they knew kind of what was what was there for them it, it probably helped them that they kind of had something to play for in a sense that uh, they still mm. had the one seat to, to lock up it'd be interesting to see what kind of performance they put in if Chicago needed to win and they didn't obviously be in a, at Soldier Field but yeah the other the other two battling out in the dead rubber like you mentioned Sean Minnesota and Detroit actually put up a, a decent game uh, it's amazing what happens when you don't have anything to play for and you can just kind of let it all go I know Stafford um, you know, you can be on either side of the fence whether or not he should have suited up in this one but he obviously wants to uh, to gut it out and who knows if he will be will be there next season I, I obviously think that he should be traded away for, for, for a pick but whether that materialises we, we will wait and see but yeah he had a good game so did Marvin Jones had one of his best games of the season um, obviously Golladay has not been there for the majority whether it was a hip uh, hip injury as well so I think he's also potentially a free agent next season uh, so be interesting to see who they retain and whether or not they break it all down uh, but like you mentioned, Sean, for the Vikings, uh, it was a huge, huge day for Madison, but a huge season for Justin Jefferson. Um, just the joins a couple of players on seven, uh, seven games with a hundred plus receiving yards. Uh, Bill Gorman of the Oilers, I think it was, I remember seeing uh, had nine, but yeah, fourteen hundred uh, receiving yards for him in his rookie season. Um, very, very, yeah. He's taken like a, to the NFL like a duck to water. So uh, looking forward to seeing him come back next year as well. So. Um, yeah, it was a was a fun game. I say not much riding on it, and um, yeah, if you want to go watch the highlights, that this highlights package uh, was probably a bit longer than probably the Dallas the Dallas New York Giants one. But <laughs> I think that's the only compliment I can give the game, and yeah, the only reason why you would go back and watch it, perhaps. Yeah, good day for Marvin Jones as well on the yeah. uh, on the other side, rolling back the back the years two um, two sides that uh, obviously disappointed throughout the course of the season, Vikings and Lions, where they've got plenty of building blocks in place. Obviously, like you say, the Lions will be an interesting one to keep an eye on in the off-season. I love the look that Aaron Rodgers gave Marquez Vantes scoutling on the first incompletion of the day, which should have been another sort of 50, 60-yard <laughs> touchdown bomb from Aaron Rodgers. He just looked absolutely phenomenal, didn't he? And uh, it's going to be tough uh, for anyone to knock off Green Bay in the NFC, but potentially... It might be the Saints. They locked up the number two seed routine victory in this one over the Carolina Panthers, 33-7. to um, Obviously, the biggest story for New Orleans was the fact that the entire running back room was out due to 
COVID-19 issues and similar scenario to what I said about the, the Browns in the game against the Jets the week before. Um, we'll, again, we'll touch on it Thursday because it might become reality come Thursday. COVID is going to have an impact on a playoff game and a big impact. Um, you know, the, the, the Saints will be glad that this happened in the week that it did. And Ty Montgomery stepped out of uh, semi-retirement after not doing an awful lot over the last 12 months uh, to find himself as a 100-yard rusher on the day um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also locked up the 5C that's all that they had left to confirm and they did so in style 44 points on the board that offence has really all of a sudden found its gear um, the Falcons did get it back close at one stage but then the Bucks pulled away again just the 399 yards for Tom Brady. I can't believe, fellas, looking back, we questioned at the start of the season whether a move away from New England, whether the fact that he was 43, could he still do it, all the rest of it. Lawrence mentioned earlier about Russ tied for the second in the league with 40 TDs. He's tied, of course, with TB12. Phenomenal season for Tom Brady. I, I don't think there's any sign and he's going to hang it up this off-season either, unless the books go all the way. But I've said this before, when he's won his like, Super Bowls with New England, go out on top and he just he's just a different animal altogether, isn't he? But an absolutely phenomenal season, all things considered, for Tom Brady and the books. So, fellas, we know our seven in the NFC. We, of course, have got the Packers with the boy, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Washington football team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the LA Rams and the Chicago Bears. Very quickly... Very, very quickly. Who comes out of the NFC? Tim? Packers. Lawrence? Not sure yet. I'm I'm leaning more with the Saints. And Steve? It's it's just so difficult not to say the Packers, especially how that defence is performing now. Like J.R. Alexander and their safety, I forget his name as well. Um, Savage. That's it, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, that defense is when you've got Aaron Rodgers on at quarterback, having that defense around him to, to on the other side of the ball to get turnovers. It's just difficult to look anywhere other than Green Bay, especially as it's going through Lambeau as well. Yeah, I think the Lambeau thing could be huge. I went Saints preseason, so I'll stick on that uh, horse that I have saddled. Um, but uh, yeah, Green Bay is going to be a tough nut to crack. That is the end of the competition in terms of the NFC. And another competition that came to a close this weekend was our Pick'em competition that we have been running all throughout the season. Massive congratulations to the man that has seemingly been in the lead from week number one. And as despite everybody's best efforts, nobody could quite catch him and overtake him. So congratulations to David too. Uh, he takes the season prize and I know he's already been keenly in contact with us on the, <laughs> yeah, on the, on the Twitter to uh, to uh, claim his prize, and we will obviously get that sorted. But we did say, all throughout the season, if anybody got 100% in any given week, we would give away some merchandise. 17 weeks later, fellas, we got close. I had a 15, a few of us have had a 15 out of 16, but nobody ever quite cracked the full complement, so... Because we're true to our word and we like giving stuff away and, you know, it's all about the brand. Tim is modelling a full 10-yard T-shirt there for you, ladies and gents. What we decided to do was anybody that played along in week 17, we put you all into a random 100-yard dash. And don't worry, you haven't got to get off your couch and start running up and down or anything crazy like that. But we've got all of your names randomly into the computer generator. And before we hit the record button on the podcast this evening, we hit the record button on the 100-yard dash. So we will stick it up on the screen. I will advise you that it's not exactly the clearest to see, unfortunately, in the format <laughs> that we have done. So I do apologise for that. 
I will try and do my best, John Motson, um, as we go through this. But if, Tim, you want to hit the 40-yard dash, the 12 people that uh, are in the running um, are the 12 of you that beat mine and Tim's score of 11 this week. Um, so we have Torino, we have Enkil before Zod, LOL3000, and a whole heap of others. And there are all of the men running across the field. You can see there's a couple that have made a breakaway. But uh, can they get across the end zone line before anybody else catches them up? It's like going to... Um... Oh, there's one winner. We have a winner. We have a second. And there's me at the back. Look, that, that's true to life, fellas. That's, that's, <laughs> me. That's, that's me and Lawrence at the back. The big fellas bring it up the rear. Come we'll by, We will get there eventually. And apologies, you can't really see the names. But trust me, the results will load up there. And there you go. There are the top... 12 that beat myself and Tim. There were technically 14 that beat me and Tim, but David, too, you were one of them. And you've already won one pro, so I weren't entering you again. And the other person <laughs> and the other person that beat myself and Tim was actually Sean Tyler, who already works at the full 10 yards, so I'm sure he doesn't want yet another T-shirt. So apologies, Sean, we took you out the running as well. But there's your, your top 12 that beat me and Tim this week. And the two winners are Lady Rach and LOL3000. So if you can get in touch with us via either Twitter or via myself or Tim, um, you know, whichever way you want to claim your prize before the weekend and we will sort that out. Um, like I say, fingers crossed, we will have some more winners of our next competition, which we will touch on a little bit later after we've reviewed the AFC. Did you know, whilst watching that, did anyone get a, remember when you go to the pier and you play the two the two penny horse game that you always bet on the white one that's like 20 to 1 or something stupid? I wanted to put me TP in the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, fellas, let's get into the AFC side of things then. And um, Steve, we'll come back to yourself because um, the the conference really, that was the unfortunate conference to have two dead rubbers really on the weekend was, of course, the AFC West, but uh, produced a couple of entertaining games in terms of the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Raiders. Yeah, I, I mean, week seventeen always throws up some some strange results and some and some big scoring games because sometimes we've got nothing to play for, sometimes we've got everything to play for, and and it's also a, a chance for some guys to go out there who are generally backups or, or wouldn't either otherwise get a shot and show that they belong on that roster the next year. So starting with uh, Vegas at um, Denver, um, I thought Drew Locke had quite a good game. He, he seems to be coming into his own a little bit. Is he the answer for Denver? I don't know, but he seems to be certainly making a push. He, 25 for 41 with 339 yards, two touchdowns and no picks as well. He had a rating of over 103. So um, I thought he looked quite good. Um, if they can surround him with, with a few more options, he certainly could be uh, the answer for Denver um, and I think they haven't they just let go of their GM literally minutes before we, we went live um, mm -hmm. I think they've just they've just let go of uh, of their GM so that could also be interesting as to who's going to fill that space in Denver um, where has Jerry Judy been all season that uh, he had a bit of a breakout game he had that massive 92 yard bomb in the fourth to take the lead um, he had 140 yards from five receptions obviously boosted by that one um, interestingly touching on what Tim was saying about the about Justin Jefferson it was interesting how much coverage the main three receivers from last year's draft got going into the draft and how little they've all done and yeah. and I've thought of that about about Judy about CD Lamb um uh, and and they've just done very very little, um, and so it was good to see Judy have a what what looked like a bit of a breakout game. Shame it's coming week seventeen. Um, 
on the other side of the ball, Darren Waller once again having another terrific game, solidifying himself as the best tight end in the league that isn't named Kelsey or Kittle. Um, he had nine catches for 117 yards, a touchdown, and a game-winning two-point conversion as well. I, I like I like the decision. I like the balls from John Gruden to to go for that in the fourth. Um, obviously, nothing on the line. You try things, uh, and it worked, and they and they won the game by a point. So, so big preps to that. I love I love it when teams go for it. Um, on a two point rather than just take it to overtime. No one wants a tie. No one likes ties. Um, I, John Gruden, he's on his third year of his tenure deal, you know, diverting a bit from the game itself. Was he a good hire? I, I'm still not convinced. Tenure deal, they're eight and eight. They missed the playoffs again. Um, you know, is is their progress in Las Vegas? I know they've just built that enormous stadium and they're moving over there next year. Uh, sorry, um, this year, hopefully with fans next year. Um, tenure deal always seemed a bit strange, but you know, some people think he's a he's an offensive wizard. So I guess we'll remain to see. I guess there's still questions over Derek Carr as well and whether or not he's the answer moving forward for Vegas. Um, moving on to the other game, the Chargers at Kansas City. Obviously, Kansas City was resting all of their all of their starters. Um, Pat Mahomes didn't play. Tyreek Hill didn't play. Um, you know, most of their of their of their front runners were out. Um, which brought in Chad Henney, who obviously was was uh, a Dolphins player for for uh, the uh, later part of the uh, last decade. Um, he actually looked pretty good, um, which I guess probably I don't know if that's more of a compliment to him or if that's more of a compliment to the Kansas City offense. Um, he had two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a hundred and eleven point two rating. So he actually looked pretty good. Um, uh, on the other side of the ball, Justin Herbert. Obviously, everyone's wax lyrical about Herbert this season. He just added more to his um, to his stock. Um, and interesting stat about him is that uh, with his touchdown pass to Donald Parham Jr. in the first quarter, Herbert notched 380 pass completions, which set a new record for the most pass completions by a rookie in a single season. Herbert broke Carson Wentz's record of 379 set in 2016. He finished with 396 which is the new benchmark. Um, so 396 completions on a season for a rookie quarterback, you know, pushing on that 400 door is, is hella impressive for, for a rookie. Um, and obviously they've just fired uh, Anthony Lynn, head coach. That's got to be um, a really, really intriguing opening at head coach down in, in LA. Um, you know, they've got, they've got the quarterback of the future for the next 10 years. Um, they've got a really intriguing defense. Um, you know, if, if they can make the right hire, then surely the Chargers have got to be an interesting destination for any potential head coaching candidate. Um, and I also thought one of these games might might make it to the highest scoring of, of 2020. And then I remembered the Browns-Ravens from a few weeks ago when it was 47-42. <laughs> and neither of these games got close to that. Um, so, yeah, overall, yeah, a couple of entertaining games. Sometimes the ones that there's nothing to play for um, sometimes are the most entertaining ones. Um, uh, yeah, but certainly some some interesting uh, things to think about going into the offseason for, for most of those teams as well. Yeah, most definitely, mate. It's amazing there wasn't uh, quite as much uh, furore about the Chiefs playing Chad Henney as there was about the Eagles bringing in Nate Sudfeld. But there you go. We'll move on, fellas. We'll move on. Um, let's um, let's talk about the team that ultimately ended up slipping out of the playoffs in terms of the Miami Dolphins, Lawrence. Um, we'll also touch on the other game in that uh, division, which saw potentially a farewell for Cam Newton. I think that's been fairly wide, uh, widely reported. Eventually, a um, a farewell for Adam Gase as well. Long, long overdue. 
Um, but uh, obviously, bigger picture and bigger story in that division, of course, is the uh, the Dolphins falling at the last. Have been a great story all season long, um, but unfortunately, when needed, I mean, obviously, running into the Red Hot Bulls was never going to be easy. But uh, you know, Tua just couldn't get it done. Yeah, and before we start, can we just recap to a week ago, and and my friend Sean, because because obviously we're. We're bonding here, Midlands buddies here. Who who called Miami to be the team that, that that missed out, and who called the Browns to miss out? Just let's just uh, remember. Yeah, I, 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 be- I believe you had faith, my friend. I believe you had faith. There we go. So yeah, as you say, as the the Bills become the lone playoff entrance from the AFC East. There was there was some real mixed fortunes for the teams that didn't have hairy wild animals on their helmets. Now we know the dolphins have got a wild animal, but it's definitely not hairy. Um, so having gone down fourteen um, seven to the, and we're talking about teams on a hot streak, the the volcanically hot New York Jets. <laughs> there they were leading fourteen seven against the Patriots, thinking you know can we can we end the season on a three-game win streak um, and just make Bill Belichick feel absolutely miserable for the next nine months, which would have probably made the other 31 teams very happy, but no, they didn't manage to do it. Cam Newton catches a touchdown pass, um, you know, a little bit of a Philly special there, um, which was which was pretty good. Great. And then he threw two more touchdowns um, in in the fourth quarter and he actually managed those three touchdowns. He managed, I I clocked it. It was 16 plays. It took Cam Newton to catch a touchdown and throw two touchdowns. So pretty remarkable little, little cameo at the end for Cam, who has been, you know, pretty miserable um, for this season. Um, As as I've said before, it's this season has exposed Cam as a very, very average conventional quarterback devastatingly effective red zone runner but you can't go through a season and just expect your quarterback to run for 16 touchdowns and and win you know 10 11 games it's just not going to happen um patriots are going to be missing the playoffs as their as we've talked about him their former franchise quarterback faces a wild card trip from the sunshine to the sogginess of landover maryland um the Jets, who had their, their shock week 15 and 16 wins against the Rams and the Browns, mean they'll pick second now in, in this year's draft. Um, and what's a little interesting note here, so let's not forget, they've also got the Seahawks first. So they're going to hope um, that Big Russ burns his cakes very early in the playoffs because they have a, a second decent first-round pick. Um, for the Dolphins, I think they became one of the biggest victims of COVID. Obviously, we've had the the Broncos reduced to a, a practice squad um, receiver being a quarterback. You've had the Browns, who've had you know they had you know devastating losses to to a unit and their receiving unit, and then the Dolphins they they lose the bearded wizard Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and he was unable to to wave his astute magic wand for one last time in the 2020 regular season, as the Bills kept their starters. And, and you know, we can kind of argue how this this went. Arguably, kept them on 
the field for longer than they needed to be. Um, you know, you would have thought they would have pulled Josh Allen a little bit earlier. And don't forget, if Josh Allen would have taken some sort of freak hit um, and he would have still been on the field, that could have been, you know, an absolutely devastating loss for the for the Bills. As it is, Josh Allen remains kind of there throughout the game. And then Matt Barkley came on at the end for another little Week 17 cameo. We It's all about the cameos in Week 17, I think. Um, and then in the end, Bills win by 30. It's an absolute thrashing. In and then you know, couple of couple of big notes here. In the space of five minutes and forty-two seconds in the second quarter, Bills wide receiver and not even you know first, second, or third receiver, fourth or fifth receiver, um, Isaiah McKenzie scored three touchdowns in under six minutes, <laughs> two from Josh Allen and one absolutely stunning punt return, and it's the first Bills player to take a. Um, a pump back to the end zone since 2014. So big shout out to Isaiah McKenzie and anyone who had him on DFS, I'm sure they were laughing by the end of Sunday. Josh Allen himself ends the season with 4,544 yards, new build record, 37 touchdowns and 10 picks, um, along with 421 rushing yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. So 45 total touchdowns, absolute beast of a season. I've got a sneaky feeling he's just going to lose out to um, Aaron Rodgers in terms of the MVP race, but he has come darn close to winning the honour. And if he does and um, becomes the third consecutive AFC quarterback to lift that title, there won't be any complaints from me. Um, just wanted to give a little shout out as well to Antonio Williams, the rookie running back for the Bills, 63 yards and two touchdowns. This is an undrafted free agent who's been on the practice squad from North Carolina, had his debut in week 17 and, and pulls off quite a decent stat line. So, you know, that Bills rushing game, that's that's really quite, it's kind of their Achilles heel. So Antonio Williams maybe pulls off a, a Timmy Smith. Now, does anyone, does any of you guys know who Timmy Smith is? <laughs> well, you're showing your age here, mate. Yeah. So back back in the 1987 season, when Washington went on to win Super Bowl 22, they started a guy called Timmy Smith. He made his official first start in the Super Bowl and ran for over 200 yards in the Super Bowl. Got to give a little bit of retro love here. Um, so you just never know. Antonio Williams might might be on some sort of hot streak. So he he he's you can see that he could do some damage in the playoffs. And people haven't got any game tape on him apart from Week 17. So let's just see. Keep an eye out for Antonio Williams. And then just a kind of sad note to reflect on the Dolphins, who obviously were the were the lucky losers of that playoff um place that one remaining playoff place to uh six and three in his rookie season 1814 passing yards 11 touchdowns five picks and the five picks looks makes him look kind of average but the three of those came in that week 17 loss so he'd only thrown two picks in the previous eight games which was pretty respectable for a rookie um 3.6 yards a rush and three touchdowns on the ground. Nothing remarkable there. Um, having made his first start in week eight. So 
it's going to be a strange one in Miami because they they haven't got that hundred percent confidence in Tua, Tua, but I think they are going to be building around him for twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's an interesting dilemma that they've got there. Because I know you said six and three. I think we all know realistically, if it wasn't for a bit of Fitz magic off the bench, it would be more like three and six. Um, and you obviously mentioned about the Dolphins and the COVID issues. I mean, to be fair, they shouldn't have to be relying on a backup quarterback. Um, it's obviously been a great story all year in terms of how quickly they have turned it around from seemingly tanking a year ago. Obviously, powered by a superstar defense. Shout out again to Xavier Howard, who got another interception. This weekend in an all-pro season, um, absolutely phenomenal. Um, is that ten or is that just a good pair of hands? That that's ten. ten. That's, that's double. It's double. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Very good um, pair of hands. Yeah. So yeah, an absolutely brilliant season from him. And and look, the Dolphins are are going to be back. Obviously, the interesting thing, and we'll we'll pivot slightly off schedule here, fellas. It kind of sort of flows here. Is they are slightly the beneficiaries of some of the other results because the Houston Texans losing. Um, to the Tennessee Titans actually mean that the Dolphins will be picking all the way up at number three. Um, so there, there is the potential that one of the top two quarterbacks could still be on the board. Um, and then it will be a real dilemma. I wonder if Bill um, O'Brien would have lit that pick on fire had he known it would have been a third. <laughs> <laughs> it could potentially be another King's Ransom that the Dolphins may end up getting um, who knows um, they're obviously going to be in a great position and fair play to them for obviously getting the uh, the trades done when they did but like I said let's get on to the game that I just mentioned there and the Tennessee Titans confirmed in the playoffs before kickoff um, because of that Dolphins result but they obviously had the division on the line and as probably expected I had this as the shootout of the week before a ball was thrown and it ended up that way didn't it 41-38 the final score uh, King Henry King Henry 2000 plus absolutely phenomenal season for, for Derrick Henry 250 on the ground in this one, um, Ryan Tannehill. That that play is no longer a secret, Lawrence, but nobody can still stop it. Another two rushing touchdowns for Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> whenever, whenever he needs to. Sake, for Christ's sake, I'm a Brit who's never coached professionally in my life. Put a bloody spy on Ryan Tannehill. Christ's sake. <laughs> we call that the Lawrence special. That how, many, how many more times is he going to pull this off this season? Jesus, you can imagine me. <coughs> Everyone <laughs> does it. I'm steaming mad. Yeah, honestly. I could just imagine you kicking things and screaming at your TV, but uh, when you needed to throw it deep, of course, with a few seconds remaining on the clock. Oh, my only God. The Houston, that only, the Houston, yeah, only the Houston Texans could tie it up with 18 seconds left and then give up a, what was it, a 45, 50-yard bomb oh, from Tannehill to gorgeous. AJ Brown. Gorgeous, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely wow. stunning, and uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful catch as well. A wonderful yeah. catch. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And um, look, the Titans—we've said this now for a few weeks now. Their defense is going to give up an absolute shed load of points, but that offense can run with anybody. So, whatever game the uh, the Titans are involved in, um, you know, sign me up to to watch it. It's going to be entertaining. 
Um, we'll obviously get on to the full sort of playoff schedule for the AFC shortly once we've gone through all the games. But, uh, yeah, so the Titans took care of the divisional crown. Um, the other beneficiaries, of course, of the Miami loss were the Indianapolis Colts, who needed one of the teams in position at the start of play to lose. Obviously, the Dolphins kicking off at six. The Colts knew at kickoff time that they had a then very simple scenario of win and in. And they eventually got the job done. It seemed like they were going to absolutely run away with it. A 20 to nil lead over the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, who had obviously gone on a 14-game losing streak after defeating the Colts, ironically enough, in week one. And then the Jags got everybody a little bit excited from a Miami perspective. They got it back to 20 points to 14 before the Colts eventually ended up pulling away again. Um Bigger question for me in this one, fellas, and we'll only very briefly touch on it because, as I keep alluding to, we are going to preview things moving forward on Thursday. Um, I'm getting a little bit fed up as a neutral watching the situation behind centre for the Indianapolis Colts. It seems as though somebody different is taking the snap every other play, whether it's the running back he's having it direct, whether Brissett's in there, whether Rivers is in there. It doesn't seem to be working either. That's the thing that is bugging me. They seemingly get a lead and then they start experimenting with all kinds of stuff that is doing nothing other than completely ruining the flow of what had been working for them up to that point. If if the Colts are going to do any damage in the playoffs, and that defence is good enough to give anybody a game, they've proven that throughout the course of the season, surely they've got to figure things out there, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jacoby Brissett is not Taysom Hill. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett is not a guy who's going to kind of do everything, play a bit of special teams, you know, catch a few passes, you know, do some lead blocking. That, that's that's not his thing. So, yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you, Sean, that mixing Brissett into things and kind of putting him in as this goal line back, you know, just, yeah, no need. Jonathan Taylor has been a, a beast and he's come on on the second half of the season He's now rushed for over 1,100 yards as a rookie, and I think it's I think it's 10 touchdowns. So he's he's had a remarkable kind of resurgence. And as Philip Rivers, who normally or, or has been for many many years with the Chargers, kind of faded as it came towards the end of the season, we're actually going to see Philip Rivers in the in the postseason. And it, it's thanks to Jonathan Taylor, and it's thanks to that Colts offensive line which is a, a pretty stunning offensive line. Um, just just one thing to say, I'm just, just seeing some of the notes here. Um, just a, a note here from Rachel Kimber, who is ridiculously pleased to win a T-shirt. So there you go. That's, that's some great pride there. So well done, Rachel. And thank you for listening and, and watching the, the podcast live as well. We really appreciate your support. Indeed, mate. It's the it's the T-shirt that everybody wants. I should really wear my own one week for this instead of keep wearing this jersey. But to be fair, Tim, it took me 54 minutes of being on the air and I haven't mentioned it once, but we're at that point of the show, aren't we? 18 years of hurt is finally, finally over. I'll tell you what, mate, it felt like we'd won the World Cup last <laughs> I'll tell you what, fellas, I, I'm even going to let you in on a little secret here. I even shed a little tear last night. Oh, my God. Bless you. I'll tell you what, I honestly sat there and after 18 years of absolute dross and 0-16 and 1-15 and a new head coach every year and then seeing this team perform so well all year, I thought it was all going to be ruined because of covid 
even though it was the backups, I knew yesterday wasn't going to be easy. It never is. It never, ever, ever is. And I have never celebrated a quarterback keeper for a two-yard gain as much in my entire life. So we'll talk about the Ravens a little bit because they're obviously like the hottest team in the AFC right now. And let's face it, they're probably going to run away against most teams. But, you know, I'm going to have my moment of glory, Tim. Go on, give it to me. Browns, Steelers, take it away. Yeah, someone someone uh, hand some tissues over for, to the Sean Brando household. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can hear the tears in his voice, can you? Um, yeah. The uh, Chubb Chub 47-yard touchdown, obviously open, opening the scoring in this one. But it was nice to see, obviously, from Brown's perspective, that the wide receivers were able to join in for this one. Obviously, still have a few issues uh, with guys on COVID. But, yeah, it, like um, Sean said, with, with the Saints, obviously, you want it in week 16 weeks. Well, you don't want it in week 16, 17, considering the position the Browns are in. But hopefully, they, they'll be okay to, to return for come come playoff time and come come next week. Uh, and anyway, but, uh, yeah, obviously, this is a Steelers team resting most of their players, uh, what, they still obviously had the wide receivers playing, and but it was obviously uh, Mason Rudolph under centre and had some other understudies, uh, some other starting players missing as well. But still, like I say, it's still a bit of a tough one. The Steelers, it still obviously still meant something to the Steelers. Obviously, the history, the rivalry, the previous game with the, the helmet gate and all that kind of crap. Um, yeah, they get obviously. The, the Steelers won for Steelers won the first matchup. So next week will be the the, the tiebreaker, if you like. Obviously played at Hinesfield. Can can the Browns get, bring some sauce? Uh, yeah, love that. Um, yeah, the turning point in this one was uh, the MJ MJ Stewart interception. Uh, Mason Rudolph cacking his pants, um, and then obviously turning that into a Jarvis Landry uh, touchdown. That kind of obviously didn't make it comfortable because the Steelers obviously made a comeback late on with uh, Mr. TikTok, as we like to call him, Juju Smith-Schuster with a touchdown, uh, missing obviously the, t- the two-point conversion to, to tie the game. Um, and then Stephen Carlson must have had kittens on the onside kick doing his best Wayne Gorman impression, uh, <laughs> sitting on the ball. Um, yeah, I'd love to be in the, in the Blundell household for, for, for that one. Uh, but obviously kept the ball and, and, that, and that was it. And the Browns, uh, like I say, yeah, the Baker Mayfield ran down, round to the right. Um, seal, seals the deal. So yeah, obviously Browns going in Obviously, uh, travelling to Hinesfield next week. Um, be interesting to see kind of what... Uh, I'm not going to say it makes much of a difference with with how the result... Obviously, they only won by two. Uh, and obviously, when you've still got the starters coming back. But I think the, the, the Steelers still played as well as... Uh, yeah, give them a good game. And they'll give them a good game next week. I still think the Browns probably have slightly uh, too much for them. But it'd be interesting to see... Uh, kind of the, the, the yeah, oh, yeah, like you like that face, you like that face, don't you? Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, you know, kind of the fight between the two teams. And uh, depends if this, you know, it wasn't really a dress rehearsal because of the obviously Big Bay missing and all the rest of them, but um, yeah, Browns are in, as I say, if you're a Browns fan, that's all you care about. Uh, I'm sure you're obviously all you care about, and yeah, obviously, you want to win next week, but just just playing football, meaningful football in January, um, not something I, I will, I will, uh. Uh, me or Steve will know this year, but um, yeah, well, well done to you, well done to the Browns. Uh, so it's nice to see a new team, uh, a new team in the playoffs. It, it's been a long, long, long time coming, mate. It certainly has. And uh, to be fair, look, say next week is a totally different game. You know, it will be completely different. That was so important to get the monkey off the back yesterday. I could already hear the same old Browns chatter. Um, like you say, that onside kick, talk about heart in the mouth moment. You just, <laughs> oh, my word. Um, yeah, it, and like I said, I knew it was never, ever going to be easy yesterday. Knew it was never going to be easy. Um, but, you know, again, we'll review it all Thursday. The Browns have got a fighting chance next week. Um, you know, the, Col- the, the Steelers, let's be honest, have played one decent quarter of football in the last five weeks. 
So yeah. the Bruins yeah, have got certainly. a chance. Certainly, certainly agree. Oh, yeah, obviously, it's the same with the, uh, the AFC North. Obviously, the Ravens joining the, the U boys and uh, the Steelers in the playoffs. Uh, absolutely steamrolled. Uh, the Bengals, like I said, they would on the on the betting podcast. Obviously, winning this one by 35 points. Uh, Ravens uh, surpassed 400 yards rushing in this one. 404 yards on the ground. Jesus Christ, that's four lengths of the field on the ground uh, and a bit of change as well. Um, but it was done through the air to open off up with uh, Miles Boykin opening touchdown. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, tossing a couple of touchdowns. To, to Marquise Brown as well. Uh, but J.K. Dobbins had 160 of those 404 yards, including a 72-yard scamper for the touchdown. Lamar Jackson obviously gets him, himself involved in the rushing game. Um, another well, 1,000 uh, rushing season for him. Obviously, only player to do that back-to-back as a QB. Uh, not even the great Mike Vick and all the other rushing guys can can say that. And to be, to be honest, I, I sat here for five minutes doing my notes, and I literally have nothing positive to say on the Bengals in this game. Um, Trevion Williams had a decent run. Um, T. Higgins didn't have, uh, didn't really play in this game. I think he had one target, but he, yeah, he's had a great, he's had a fine season. Obviously, to, probably taken over the mantle from from AJ Green. And I, I looked at AJ Green's stats for this game, and I also looked at Brandon Allen's. My God Almighty, AJ Green possibly banned out in in Cincinnati Bengals six targets, zero receptions. Um, but then it's not surprising considering your quarterback Brandon Allen goes six completions and 21, 21 attempts for forty eight yards. Jesus Christ! Like what is what, that? We should be talking about that more than bloody Nate Sudfield in quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. That, um, was, that was one of my notes. It was yeah. one of my notes. <laughs> three points, and no one cared about that. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, uh, Zach Taylor obviously been, since been confirmed that he'll be coming back. But uh, yeah, Baltimore, like Sean mentioned, running up a bit of steam since their COVID issues. Can't stop winning. Can't stop running the ball and, and just smashing it down people's throats. Um, obviously, you played Titans. Uh, next week, um, which obviously was a repeat from last year. I mean, we all know how that went. So maybe uh, I think we've got a sandwich bet, haven't we, Lawrence, on uh, Lamar Jackson winning a playoff game this season. So that'd be interesting. There's a sandwich on that game. Um, oh, I thought it was reaching the playoffs. No, no, we had two. We had two. You won the first one. So I'm, I'm winning. I, I need Lamar Jackson to... It was the, it was the Browns-Ravens game. Yeah. And reaching the playoffs. So we've got a third one about yeah, winning yeah. the playoff game now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said if, he, if he wins, if he gets to the playoffs, if he if he wins a game, but yeah, we'll, hopefully Lamar Jackson continues his uh, his choking like Tim Hemming in the second week of Wimbledon. But we'll, we'll wait <laughs> <to see. laughs> um, yeah, be, be interesting to see if obviously with the hot streak. I mentioned the hot streak. Obviously, it's, could it can it be of similar ilk to uh, to Joe Flacco's hot streak back in Super Bowl, you know, led all the way to forty seven uh, against San Francisco 49ers. I know the two, the, the, probably the polar opposites of, of what a quarterback is. One, one just chucks for pass interference calls, and one actually can run, run, runs the balls around. But uh, yeah, Ravens doing as well. Um, there'll be that, that, that's one of the games I'm, of the AFC. I think I'm probably looking forward to the most. Uh, Raven Ravens Titans be a lot of points. Yeah. No, there definitely will be, mate. And we did the same for the NFC, so let's quickly go and just confirm the AFC. The stadiums are going across the bottom of the screen there. Obviously, the Chiefs secured the boy last uh, weekend, so obviously it will run through Arrowhead. Uh, but we've got Buffalo as the two, Pittsburgh the three, Tennessee the four, Baltimore the five, Cleveland the six, Indianapolis the seven. I think the AFC, top to bottom, okay. is excellent in terms of the, uh, the strength in numbers. Um, but um, Lawrence... Said the same thing for the NFC. Who have you got in terms of the uh, in terms of the AFC? Who's coming out of it? I'm sticking with the team that I said before the start of the season. I'm staying with the Ravens, baby. And Steve, the Bills. Tim, mm, I, I'm, I've, I've got a funny feeling about the Bills, but I'm going to stick to this. Stick to the Chiefs. 
Yeah, I've said the Chiefs all season long, and I've, I see no reason to change it, apart from the fact that our good old friend Ross Sterling thinks the Browns are going to beat the Steelers and then travel to Arrowhead. If that's the case, then obviously the Browns will be going to the Super Bowl, fellas, but uh, <laughs> we shall wait and see. We shall wait and see. It's all good fun. But um, I mentioned earlier that we are going to have another competition forthcoming. Tim did just flash it up on the screen a moment ago, if he wants to flash it back up there, my friend. Um in terms of the Pickhams, obviously a uh, little bit different um, week to week now. Um, but obviously we have the road to the Super Bowl mapped out. We know that it will go through Arrowhead and it will go through Lambeau. And what we want you to do, quite simply, is give us your path to the Super Bowl. Plot who you think is going to play who throughout the course of the playoff run. And if anyone gets it bang on, we'll be giving away some more merchandise. Um, Obviously, we've got to figure out exactly what we're going to do if someone gets it close, but not quite right. But we'll cross that bridge as and when we get there. Hopefully, somebody will uh, will figure it out. So, obviously, KC and Green Bay will play the lowest remaining seeds at the end of the wildcard weekend. Um, And obviously, you can plot it all the way to the final uh, obviously, we need your entries in before the games kick off on Saturday, um, and we'll release details of how to get those across to us uh, in due course. So keep your eyes and your ears peeled for information on how to get involved. We uh, we enjoy doing these competitions, so get involved and uh, play alongside. We'll certainly be having a go ourselves, won't we, fellas? Um, let's round off week 17 then, fellas, and indeed let's round off the season with one final blast of statistics. Um, so as we are at season end, let's do uh, one for the week and one for the season, if we can manage that, fellas. I know it's probably asking a lot, but you know we'll see what we've got. We'll see what we've got. And uh, Steve, as our newbie, I'll give you the choice. Would you like to go first or last, my friend? I'll go first. I'll go oh, first. Week, like, week 17 is sort of weekend season. It's sort of, you sort of encapsulate the whole lot, but... Uh, mine for, I guess, the week, sort of, I might be cheating a bit here, um, is uh, Tom Brady has joined Peyton Manning as the only players in NFL history with 40-plus pass touchdowns in a single season with multiple teams. Um, 2020 is Brady's second season with 40-plus pass touchdowns, tied second most in such seasons in NFL history. Only Aaron Rodgers has more seasons with 40-plus pass touchdowns. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Yeah, as we said earlier, if you needed some statistical evidence to back up our commentary, there you go. Another phenomenal season from uh, Tom Brady, showing no signs of slowing down. Uh, Lawrence, let's come to you, my friend. Teased earlier, I'm I'm going down the the John Walford Road. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a road that nobody has travelled before Sean McWay and danger yeah. <laughs> this will officially blow your mind John Wolford in his debut for the Rams became the first quarterback in NFL history to pass for over 200 yards and rush for over 50 in his debut game. Can you believe that? Wow. Jesus. <laughs> but it gets not better. not even that much. <laughs> it gets better. Um, he's also the first quarterback in NFL history to make his debut in the final week of a regular season with his team actively battling for a playoff performance. 
And to top it off, it's I'm, I'm on a I'm on a Wolford tip here. His 56 yards rushing are the most by a Rams quarterback since Roman Gabriel had 57 back in 1967. And one final bonus Wolford here. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is unbelievable. If I don't win, I'll tell you what, I'm walking out. I'm quitting. Um, and if you think Wolford is a name that kind of rings some sort of distant bell, which it did with me, and I was like, who is this? His uncle is Will Wolford, who was an offensive guard drafted in the first round by the Buffalo Bills in 1986. Will Wolford ended up playing in three consecutive Super Bowls for the Bills in three consecutive losses to different NFC East teams. Pop that. <laughs> He's brought his A game for the finale. He really has brought his A game for the finale. Come on then, Tim. There's a, there's a bar that you've got to try and keep. Yeah, I'm not getting under that. I need a pole vault for that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I find it actually quite hard to find some Week 17 ones. I thought there might be like one with the Isaiah McKenzie's or this, but there's actually one a record that stays intact. So Patrick Mahomes obviously sat in Week 17, which allowed Deshaun Watson to lead the NFL uh, in passing yards. So that means that Johnny Unitas will still remain the only the, the last QB to lead the NFL in passing yards and win the championship in the same season. And that was all the way back in 1959. Oh, impressive, mate. Impressive. Impressive. Yeah, I, anyway, I, I, I must have thought it was someone that has the most passing. 69. Of 69. Uh, nice. Nice, yeah. Well, I've got 59 from the tweet I got it from, but so, yeah, it might be. Yeah, I don't know if it's 59, 69, maybe. I don't know. I just, I just thought it's quite interesting that, you know, the amount of passing yards, you know, obviously, are going to be the high-end quarterbacks. It's surprising how many haven't had the most passing yards and then, and then gone on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Like you say, certainly would have thought that somebody would have done it, but uh, there you go. One of those statistical anomalies. Any more for any more, fellas? Anyone got any more? Got a season one. Uh, I've got look, a season I've, one, yeah, yeah. I've got a season one. Go on then, fellas. Let's go around one more time. Go on then, Steve. Uh, okay, so if the Chiefs win their divisional game, they'll become the first team in history to host three straight AFC Championship games. The only team to ever do it in the NFC was the 2002 to 2004 Philadelphia Eagles. And guess who is the head coach of both? Andy Reid. Mm, there you go. There you go. The old walrus. His Hawaiian shirts. Get me on those Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence well you stole my thunder a little bit but I'll just give it a little bit of context can't, I can't sign the season off without talking about my husband Lamar Jackson who incidentally just to remind everybody out there is still only 23 years old um, obviously yeah became the first quarterback to ever rush for back to back 1000 yard rushing seasons in 1206 in 2019 and 7 touchdowns and then 1,005 and another seven touchdowns this season. Interestingly, he performed both 1,000-yard seasons on only 15 games. He was out um, He was out for COVID earlier on this season, so didn't play a full slate. Having rushed for three yards against the Bengals back in October, he got 97 on Sunday to finish with exactly 100 against the Bengals this season. And as we know, first team to have over 400 yards rushing in a game since 2000. And it was the Bengals, ironically, were the last team to run over 400 yards in a game. And Sean, this is a special one just for you. 
um, around Lamar Jackson, just because you still don't respect him as an NFL passer. <laughs> just, I'll just drop this little, do this little microphone drop at the end here. Um, he now, Lamar Jackson now has 46 touchdown passes in the red zone. And how many interceptions? Zero. 46 <laughs> red zone touchdowns and zero interceptions. And he's not a passer. Give it. Hey, Lawrence, I've got to be honest. I still saw how wide open Des Bryant was last week. I could have thrown that without getting it intercepted. So come on. <laughs> come on. Now, credit where it's due. Like I said earlier, mate, they are the team that are on form. I think they're the team that everybody didn't want in the playoffs. And obviously, they've managed to force their way in. They are going to be a serious force to be reckoned with and, and all joking aside Lamar's got to get that monkey off his back he's got to go out and uh, and win a game this weekend if, uh, if I'm the Titans he's doing everything to make him beat you through the air simple as that and if he does fair play to him he'll certainly shut me up Tim finish yourself for the season then mate with one final statistic mm, oh yeah just just a point on that Lamar Jackson might be 23 Lawrence but don't, don't forget running backs have a shorter shelf life in the uh, NFL anyway move yeah. on <laughs> um, so here's my one my my uh, season stat so uh, Aaron Rodgers has had more touchdown passes 48 than Packers have punted this season 46 that's wonderful that is incredible that is incredible I love that stat I mean I've got I've got to give Lawrence the win for the passion he brought for Mr Wolford but uh, that I mean that is a stat and a half isn't it 48 touchdowns to 46 punts that is absolutely phenomenal stuff absolutely phenomenal he's just, he's mental Oh, crazy. Absolutely crazy. One for me, just as a bonus one to finish off, just because it's AFC North related. The AFC North is the first NFL division since the 2002 realignment to have three teams with 11 or more wins. So I don't know if that tells you that the AFC North was pretty good this year, or that just confirms that the NFC East, certainly certainly in the first half of the season, was absolute dross. But there you go. You can make up your own minds on that one, ladies and gents. Right, fellas. Um... Obviously, the day after the regular season finishes, uh, plenty of coaches and GM firing news to go through. Um, so, obviously, a lot of this was actually done earlier on in the season. So, it's been a little bit quiet today, really. You know, it's normally a steady stream of news coming out throughout the course of the day. Um, but, obviously, um, there are some that we've talked about. Uh, excuse me, in terms of John Elway, um, relieved of his general manager duties today. Um, obviously, the news of Anthony Lynn that was mentioned earlier, despite a four-game win streak to end the season. But as things stand, we have head coach openings at the Falcons, at the Lions, at the Texans, at the Jets, and we have uh, and the Chargers, and then general manager. Vacancies at the Falcons, the Panthers, the Lions, the Texans, the Jags. Um, I think I mentioned that the Jags have obviously parted with Doug Marone as well. So there's usually six or seven. We've, we've pretty much got uh, around about where we are. Um, we've probably got more time to react to. We may well get some written article um, review up over it. I certainly know that a couple of the lads are doing a few written takeaways on it tomorrow. But just just some quick reaction. Any surprises? Any any surprises in terms of people that are staying? I mean, we mentioned Zach Taylor from the Bengals. I think he's quite fortunate, if I'm being completely honest. Um, to be sticking around. So, Steve, any sort of surprises for you, um, either in terms of people that have gone or people that subsequently have held on to jobs? I think with Zach Taylor, you've got to look at the, the lack of protection that, that 
ultimately led to Joe Burrow's unfortunate injury. Um, I'm not surprised they give him one more, you know, give him one more with Joe Burrow. See if they draft, you know, they, they'll probably take Sewell with the, uh, with the pick if he's not already gone. So give him some protection. That doesn't surprise me. Um, no, I think most of them are sort of expected. Some of them were like the Jets firing Gase was coming. They just wanted to wait until it was confirmed that the season was done and they had the pick they wanted. Same with Doug Marone. Um, I've read that there's there's quite a lot of respect between Shad Khan and Doug Marone and that he wanted to sort of do it amicably and didn't want to sort of leave him out in the middle of the season. Um, but that's a hell of a GM opening in Jacksonville with the cap space that they've got, the first round picks they've got and the and the, um, and the young talent that's the youngest roster in the NFL. Um, so that's a hell of an opening. Um uh, I, I'm, I think there's more to come. I'd be surprised if Dave Gettleman stays. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants finally get rid of him. Um, there'll be others, sort of D, uh, DCs and, and OCs around the league, I'm sure, that'll go. Um, Tim's very own Cowboys. You know, what do they do with uh, Mike McCarthy? Would he go? I don't think so, but you never know. You just never know. Yeah. No, I, just from a Dallas standpoint, people keep asking me whether or not he should go. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a bit Natalie and Brulia, I'm a bit torn, but um, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing, <laughs> I'm hearing whispers that, um, particularly if he if he does go, it's because they want to give it to Kellen Moore. Um, I, I would probably be for that, but I, I think they'll give McCarthy another another season. It's not his fault that Dak Prescott got injured. I know the defense was notoriously bad at the start of the season, obviously under his tenure, and it's not obviously gone great. But I would be surprised if if they parted from Mike McCarthy. I think he'll be there next year. And Lawrence, just your reaction to the the sort of Black Monday news yeah, as we've had it so far. I guess my only surprise was Anthony Lynn. Because I think he he's without a lot of pieces on the team. Um, it's not the most talented roster. If you look at it overall, they've, they've got a lot of things that they need to build. And I thought they would have built with Anthony Lynn in charge of it. So that that's a little bit of a shocker because it sets people back. Justin Herbert's obviously going to be under a new head coach in his second year. So it's kind of starting again. And you look at those quarterbacks that are, you know, that are projected to do really well. And if you keep changing staff in front of them, their development, I think, gets a bit stunted. So that that was a little surprise to me. And then on the, the more sort of positive front around... Um, making sure we're, you know, we're we're getting more black head coaches out there. Um, I hope Eric Bieniemy does get um, a head coaching job very soon. He's absolutely worthy of one, and and I look forward to him roaming the sidelines for somebody else other than Kansas City in in 2021. So good luck to Eric Bieniemy. I, I know he's talking to the Jets um, on Zoom. I think it is is either tonight or tomorrow. So. Let's let's see kind of where that goes, because I know that's that's kind of it's it's a little bit of an elephant in the room about um, minority coaches. So we've got to be mindful of this situation and let's hope that, you know, that regardless of of who is out there, that they are that anyone who is hired is interviewed and they get the job based on their talents and their experience and, and not their skin colour. No, absolutely, man. I think Enemy was certainly a, a hot name last year for whatever reason. It didn't just quite work out. He certainly did the round in terms of interviews, didn't he? I think this this will be the off-season that he does 
eventually move on. Um, I know you said he's talking to the Jets. I, I really hope for him that he doesn't end up at the Jets. I want to see him at the Chargers with Herbert, or I want to see him at the the Texans with Deshaun Watson. I think give him a quarterback, and then uh, it could be interesting with that Texans opening. Good Lord, good luck whoever's taking that on already over the cap, which he's expected to be reduced further because of the pandemic. No first-round pick, no second-round pick, just one pick in the third round and then five picks scattered amongst the latter rounds. That is going to be one hell of a job. Uh, John Dorsey is a name that I've heard mentioned to that GM opening. That will be uh, interesting. A man that's known to uh, not have too much of a concern for blowing cap space to not give him any to start with could be very interesting. <laughs> so we shall uh, we shall see how that uh, plays out, I suppose, over the course of the coming weeks. Right, fellas, it's been an absolute pleasure. As always, we've gone through a lot of games, um, as obviously all 32 teams involved for one final weekend. But as we've alluded to over a, a few of the uh, sections tonight, we will be back later on in the week as the podcast moves to twice a week. We'll be on Mondays and Thursdays still working through some of the finer details in terms of the cast and crew and how it's going to be brought to you, etc., etc. But there will certainly be a full 10 yards presence on your screens and on the airwaves on Thursday evening to look at wildcard weekend and look at that for a slate of games. We've got Saturday, Colts at Bills, Rams at Seahawks, the Bucks and the Washington football team. And then, obviously, once you've had a few hours, Kip, get back up ready for Sunday and we've got Ravens, Titans, Bears and Saints, and of course, rounding out the week with the Browns and the Steelers. I've waited 18 years for a playoff game, and they give me 1.15am on Monday morning. Thank you very much indeed, NFL. You could have given me any other slot, and you give me the 1.15am game, but never mind. I am certainly not complaining, really. Certainly not at all. You'll get a double dose of me and Tim on Thursday, um, as we will be back for the final edition of this season's full 10 questions, full 10 yards staff edition. So Lawrence and Steve may well be participating in that one. That will be on from eight o'clock and then we will be back at nine with the uh, preview podcast. So you can't get enough of me and Mr. Monk this week. That's for sure. We will uh, do our best to get you all set for playoff weekend. Um, Pleasure as always, fellas, as I always do, give you a final chance just to close with any words of wisdom. So, Tim, let's start with yourself, mate. Yeah, I want to dedicate the podcast to uh, Matt Sharp, who's retired today. He's somehow managed to earn north of 90 million in career earnings. So, fair play to you, Matt Sharp. Go and stick your feet up, mate. You've had plenty of practice. Indeed, indeed. 90 million pounds. <laughs> 90 million for Matt Sharp. There's hope for us all, fellas. There's hope for us all. Lawrence, anything from you, buddy? I just think I, I want to congratulate all three of you. And sorry, you can you can boo at me now. We managed to go through the entire pod without talking about going into a national lockdown. So, you know, I just think that was a you know a terrific job by everybody. So, you know, I think it's it's very important that we all have a distraction at the moment um, whilst we continue to to fight COVID nineteen around the world. So. You know, I, everything that we're doing as part of the full 10-yard family, I think, is is brilliant. And so everyone is involved, including everyone who's listening and watching. I want to thank you for, for what you're doing because this it makes it all worthwhile and it's it's the best distraction on the earth. Come here to talk about David Johnson's to get away from your Boris Johnson's. <laughs> Nicely done, my friend. Nicely done. And Steve, I've got to say, mate, an impressive debut. Very well thank done. You. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, gents. Um, 
a little bit nervous at first, but yeah, we got there in the end. Um, I managed to to go uh, an hour and 22 minutes without getting too wax lyrical about the Eagles, which is always a, an achievement for me. Um, and that show. Yeah. um no it's been it's been fun um it's it's weird it's weird to to sort of go into the into january and the eagles not be there they've been the last three years so it's going to be weird but it's also good to have some new teams in there and the browns being there a good friend of mine is also a, a big browns fan and it's the longest active um playoff streak snapped so was it 17 years? I think it was. It's now that the Jets now hold 18, the longest. 18. Years. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the longest one snap. So it's good to see some new teams there. It's going to be a really exciting super wildcard weekend. Don't forget it's super. You know, we have to call it super because there's an extra game on each day. So the super wildcard weekend next weekend has got some really tasty matchups. Um, it's a shame that the Browns are playing the Steelers. They've got a divisional game, which is a shame. But, you know, it's it's good to see some new teams there. And hopefully we're in for a, for another uh, barnstorming January. I'm sure we will be, mate. I'm sure we will be. Of course, keep your eyes peeled as well for the Saints and the Bears game. They have the privilege of being the Nickelodeon broadcast so if you like a bit of gunge in your end zone and SpongeBob SquarePants and all the rest of it, then uh, yeah, Bears and Saints, they get the honour of the Nickelodeon games. That will be fun to watch nonetheless. I'm going to close, fellas, and I'm going to raise a glass to the good old Cleveland Browns. 18 years of hurt, finally done. Up the Browns, go Browns. And uh, we will be back on Thursday. Thanks ever so much for everybody listening, watching, interacting. We love doing what we do. All joking aside, as Lauren said, stay safe, stay healthy, look after yourselves. We'll be back talking more football later in the week. Until then, in the great words of Mr. Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. For listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.